Welcome to Sermons in the Park, a ministry exploring biblical truth from the Word of God, focusing on the truths that help us in our daily walk with Christ in every aspect of our lives. Now, here is your Reverend, Jamie McCaskill. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new Sermons in the Park. As always, I am your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. First off, let me start with, I hope you guys enjoyed that opening. That is... um, for those of you who do not know, that is the uh, man who was for the longest time the voice of Fostoria Radio that was smoking Joe Bacon, um, below in the um, video uh, description you can find his information if you want to look into more into what uh, more of what he does now. Um, so I want to start off again by saying um, Happy Good Friday, this weekend is Easter. Uh, so, you know, I hope you and your family have a great and wonderful Easter. Uh, just remember the reason for the season and kind of um, overlook all that other madness that's thrown at us, okay? Like the whole belief by some that uh, this weekend is uh, is a pagan holiday. I mean, sure, maybe at one time pagans celebrated during the same time, but that does not make it a pagan holiday, okay? Um we just need to overlook that type of madness and remember that this weekend is because our Lord and Savior died and rose again. We're celebrating that. We spend it with our families, right? Now, so, uh, again, this is a, 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 a podcast exclusive episode. And so let's make this one for specifically this holy weekend, shall we? Because as you know, like I said, uh, our Sunday sermons that we usually do, those are reserved for our book-by-book, chapter-by-chapter, verse-by-verse breakdowns. Uh, If you've followed me long enough, you already know that, right? So let us discuss this weekend. Let's discuss Easter weekend. Now, as we all know, we all know that A.D., you know, when we look at our calendar, this is 2023 A.D., right? The AD is a is an abbreviation for the words Anno Domini. Uh, those are Latin words that are translated uh, into English as the year of our Lord. Now, our calendars, our whole calendars, the date is based on the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So think about that. That means every time that you do things whether it be signing a check, sending out an email, writing a letter, you know, if you're if you're a student going to school and you're putting the date on your schoolwork, whatever you're doing, when you write that date, you are counting up from the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, do I think that that should change? No. I'm okay with the way our calendars are dated now. But I do believe that our calendar should start 33 years later. I mean, yes, the birth of Jesus is, is it's very important. I'm not denying that. And it is very central to our faith, right? But you see, the events of what the Catholic Church calls Holy Week are even greater 
This week right here, Easter week, is a holy week. It's a it's a different kind of week, right? This week is the anniversary of the week that determines our eternity. This past Sunday, not the one coming up, you know, for Easter, but this past Sunday, <coughs> sorry, we had Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday celebrates the day that Jesus led a parade into Jerusalem, right? And then Thursday, Thursday, we have the day of the Last Supper, which was when our Lord and Savior instituted Holy Communion. And then we have today, Good Friday. It is considered good because that is when Jesus died on the cross. And then then we have Sunday. We have Easter Sunday. The day that death was defeated and Jesus rose to life. So today, because it's Good Friday, we're going to talk about Good Friday a little bit more. We're going to talk about what Jesus did on that cross. That was not a good day for Jesus, though, was it? It was awful. We know that he was tried. They found him and declared him innocent. But they condemned him anyway. Then he was taken. He was whipped, right? He was whipped to the point that he almost died. And then what? They led him away to be crucified. Think of all that pain that he went through. When you go back, right, you go back to Thursday. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He couldn't sleep. In fact, when you look at the Bible, he almost died then. He almost died from the the spiritual and psychological depression because he was bearing all of the sin of humanity. And then, you know, early Friday morning, we see him whipped, whipped raw and bloody. And before 9 a.m., the soldiers are prodding him on his way to be crucified. Let's talk about that just a little bit more. During that time when, when uh, someone was condemned, okay, they, they were going to be crucified, they would march that person, whoever it was, along. The, they, they would figure out, hey, what's the longest route that we can find through the city? And they would march them that way. They did this so that everyone could see that person. And along, you know, most now most movies, they don't show this. But what they would do was they would take a piece of wood <coughs> and they would make a sign. And they would hang it around the person's neck. And on this sign, uh, their crimes were actually written on there. Now, sometimes if, if they felt the need for some, you know, for some reason, the person was too weak or whatever, they, they, the soldiers would sometimes walk in front of that person holding the sign on a pole, actually. 
And then when they arrived at the cross, they would take that, that sign and they would nail it above the victim's head. That way, whenever someone would pass by, they could also see what that person had done. Now, as most of you already know, Jesus, he, he was forced to carry the cross when he, uh, that he was going to be crucified on. And when he was carrying it, he collapses under the weight. The soldiers, they knew, hey, there's no reason to beat this man anymore. So what they did was they looked around and, and they, they see this man and they make him carry the cross. In Israel, at that time, Rome was in charge. And a Roman soldier, uh, they could compel, for lack of a better word, any person to they force them into service anytime they wanted it. Okay. If, if they wanted someone to carry their shield or, or shine their boots, all they had to do was walk up to that person, uh, touch them on the shoulder with their spear. And that person was now a temporary slave. We've talked a little bit about that before. Uh, I believe it was uh, when we were talking about Paul, but anyway, in this case, the person who was chosen was a man, uh, basically a tourist, if you will. He was from North Africa, and his name was Simon, Simon the Cyrene, right? I think that he was, I believe that the reason he was here in Jerusalem was on a pilgrimage just to see the holy city. I do not think that, he, you know, he ever saw that coming, you know, who would ever think that I'm going to be humiliated and forced to carry a cross, right? Anyway, the march, this death march, it, it reached a place called Golgotha, um, which translates into the place of the skull. And it's just outside of the city walls, okay? And this is where the local crucifixions were, were being held. There are many possible reasons for the name. And I do believe that we've discussed this in the past, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit here anyway. The most likely reason for this was because it was probably an area, you know, some the rocks there that looked like a human skull. Now, there are other reasons, but that's the most likely one, Okay. Now, the thought of what happens next always makes me shudder, okay? But they laid the cross down. They laid Jesus on top of it. They, they grabbed his arms and they pulled them out, you know, as far as they would go. Some say that they probably dislocated the shoulders. They, they, they drove spikes through the base of his hands. You know, they, they bent his legs and nailed his feet to the vertical beam. And then they raised the cross. And when they, when they raised this, when they raised that cross, it just drops down into a hole that was made in the ground so that the cross would stand up vertically. And as you can imagine, 
this would have caused a jerking motion, you know, and, and, and here's Jesus on the cross with nails in his, his, his hands and his feet and just the pain, you know, is, is this jerking motion is caused and he's hanging there by nails. He's writhing in agony. His back, which as we discussed has been whipped and ripped into just, it's just raw from all of that. And it's rubbing against the rough wood of the cross. And he's, he's up there fighting to breathe and he's bleeding. Now at this time, um, this, this part's usually not written anywhere, but there were women in Jerusalem who they would bring spiked wine out there for people who were being crucified, hoping that they could dull the pain with the drugs that are in this. And, and what do we see, though? We see Jesus, he, he chooses pain. He chooses the agony of crucifixion, and he he didn't he declines to drink it. And then there are the insults that are being hurled at him. People are there mocking him, insulting him, and the soldiers they're down there dividing his clothes. Think about that. Did, did honestly though, did Jesus need those clothes anymore? You know, this was for the executioners. This was one of the perks of the job. You know, and and then what what happens? The soldiers they they sit down, and they just wait for the man to the people the men up there hanging to die. Now I I cannot even imagine having that job. You guys, I used to work in the prison system and everything. And after a while, you kind of become numb to what you see. These soldiers, they're just there watching these men die and they 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 become cold they become numb they can just comfortably sit there and just watch watch these people die a horrible and humiliating death golgotha itself is actually <clears throat> at the time one of the busiest streets there were a lot of people who would pass through that way and the crosses they were low they're, they're, they're not tall like we usually picture. They're actually low. Because don't forget, we see people could see and talk to Jesus. If it was up high, they wouldn't be able to do that. And we see people laughing and mocking Jesus, saying, hey, if you really are who you say you are, if you really are the Son of God, you should be able to free yourself. Come on down. We see that. And, and also the people, the ones who were responsible, who, who <coughs> the ones who condemned Jesus to be crucified, those religious leaders, they come out to watch him die, taunting him, asking him, why isn't God helping you? Then you had the criminals, the ones who was being crucified with, those thieves. Yes, one of them does later repent, but... They join in. They start taunting Jesus. Don't forget, these men themselves are, they've also been tortured and they're also dying. But yet they somehow find the strength to add to Jesus' humiliation. Now here's something to really, really like 
contemplate on. Do we see Jesus defend himself? Not once. Not once. Do we see God speak out on his behalf? No. To all of these critics, to them, they think they're right. We see the exact same thing happening now, don't we? People will ask, why isn't God performing miracles? How can he let these innocent people suffer and die? And what, 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 just think about the, the horrible atrocities that just happened in Tennessee. Christians offer people whose families have been killed in these horrible school shootings. You're in our thoughts and prayers. And what did they say? What, what did they do when that shoot, that, that horrible thing happened in Tennessee? We see them go, Oh, did their prayers help? This is, it, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Anyway, let's look at the timing. Okay. My best guess is I was kind of trying to, 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 to add things up here. And you, you heard me trying to do that earlier. I'm guessing that it was around 9 a.m. when the final nail was driven. Jesus himself does not die until about 3 p.m. That is six hours. Six lonely, painful hours. Now, myself, I'm, I'm, I'm just like the rest of you, okay? And sometimes I've had thoughts of things like, you know, hey, when will I die? Think about it. We all know that one day we will. Human beings, they have, they're guaranteed two things. One day they're born and then one day they will die. You know, I think things like, uh, will it be from a disease? Will it be from an accident? You know, will I die suddenly or will it be prolonged? You know, will it, will I die painfully or will I die? Will I go easy? You know? We do not get a choice, do we? But I do have one hope, and that is I hope that I do not die alone. I, I want the people who, who, who love me, the people I love, to be at my side. When I, look, <clears throat> when I look at the crucifixion of Jesus, the moment that I think was the most awful was when he cries out, okay, and he, 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 the Bible puts both the Aramaic and the, the English uh, translation there. I'm not even going to try to say the Aramaic words, but in English, Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, back up a second and let me ask you something. Did God forsake Jesus at that moment. Personally, I don't think so. Read with me 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness 
of God. <coughs> Sorry, I'm still getting over this cough. You see, hanging there on the cross, Jesus was stained. He was stained with our sins. Not once in his life had Jesus ever experienced sin. And here he was at his death, being overwhelmed with sin. God dumped all of the sins onto Jesus. Every murder, every lustful act, every, every, uh, every time someone was envious, every rape, every theft, every profane word spoken, every act of racism, all of the injustice against poor people. Think about it. Every sin that everyone committed ever. Jesus, the one who never committed a sin, was made sin for you and me. What we see here, what we read here, is God the Father, he loved his son, but he couldn't look he couldn't look at Jesus because, you know, sin disgusts God. You and I, we will never understand what happened here between Jesus and his father. It was, it was so deep, so awful that Jesus, he, he felt forsaken. He felt alone. And that's why we see him desperately call out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, let me give you this as a comparison. Many of us, and I'm one of them, okay, have tasted just a tiny morsel of the horror that Jesus felt. And it was just tiny, just a little bitty crumb. Some of us say that we felt abandoned by God. We felt overwhelmed by our sins, our circumstances. We felt alone, hopeless. And I'm sure that when when you were there, you asked God, why had why you know why have you abandoned me? But I do have some good news. God hasn't abandoned you and he never has. He's never even thought about it. Not once. Not once did he give up on Jesus. He never gave up on you either. When you look at the Gospel of Matthew and you look at the death of Jesus, you'll see that Matthew doesn't make it emotional, okay? Matthew does not sensationalize it, if you will. He just simply explains, when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Now, we all know that John, John the Beloved, was right there. And he tells us that Jesus cried out in a loud voice, it is finished. And John says that Jesus bowed his head and gave up his spirit. You could find that in John chapter 19, verse 30. In the end, we see Jesus choose when he died. He gave up his life as a sacrifice, okay, for the sins of humanity. And when Jesus cried out that he, you know, that he felt forsaken, when I read that, I, I read it with desperation in his voice. And then when Jesus cries out, it is finished, I feel that this is said in victory. 
He was like one of those uh, marathon runners, okay? They, when they break that tape at the finish line, Jesus was exhausted. He was weak. He was drained, right? And he says, I made it. I did it. It's over. The race is won. It is finished. The Bible tells us that uh, Jesus was born so that he could save us from our sins. That he would seek to save the lost. That he will, you know, Jesus was the suffering Savior. That sacrificial lamb. He was the one and only way to God. Well, I should say, he is. He is the one and only way to God. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone that we can find salvation and eternal life. And do you know what? He left heaven to come do that. He became a human to do that. He was born in Bethlehem. That's right. To do that. He suffered and died to save sinners like you and me. He gave everything. And it was here, here at this final moment, that all of heaven turned and watched Jesus in awe. The one and only Son of God died. He did it. He completed his mission. And he said, it is finished. Everything changed right then. We see the earthquake. We see the curtain at the temple. The one that kept everyone out of the holiest place. The place where only God's presence abided. Ripped from top to bottom. Now guys, I, I, I do encourage you. If you don't know about this curtain. If you think it's just some little thin cloth. Look it up. This thing was thick. There's no way it could rip. And then as tall as it was, it ripped from the top to the bottom. The Bible makes that very clear. It ripped from the top to the bottom. And then we see the tombs. The tombs all burst open and the dead come back to life. We see a veteran. That's right, a veteran centurion. He's terrified and amazed. And he says, surely... He was the Son of God. And it was and so it was over. But nope. That is what they all thought, isn't it? No, something bigger, something better, something more amazing was gonna happen in less than three days. You see, right here after that Jesus dies on the cross, we see his family and his friends. They all come together and they scramble to bury his body. Jesus died at 3 p.m. And according to Jewish law, a person had to be buried before sunset. So Jesus is, but, but you see, Jesus' family, they were, they were far from home. They, they didn't have any way, and also they, they couldn't afford to make the arrangements for burial. So we see a rich stranger offer to, to give his tomb. Ironically, he was one of the Sanhedrin. And, and if you've been listening long enough, you know that the Sanhedrin were the leaders and they were the leaders of Jerusalem. They're the ones that asked for Jesus to be crucified. And this man's name was Joseph. Joseph, though, Joseph of Arimathea, he believed in Jesus and he was not part of that conspiracy to kill him. 
And we read as Joseph approaches Pilate, he, he secures the body. He has him buried in a rock-hewn throne, th- tomb, <laughs> sorry, and that, that he had actually just purchased for himself. <coughs> and this, brothers and sisters, is what happened on the day that Jesus died. For you and for me. So I have to ask you if, uh, you know, have you asked Jesus into your heart? Have you, have you repented from your sins? Because there's more to repenting than just admitting. See, you see, the word repent literally means to turn away from, to turn away from your sins. Not just to confess, I did it. If you're standing in the middle of a courtroom and you admit to doing something, the judge is just going to put you in jail. You see, when we go to God, when we go to Jesus and we when we we repent and we accept Him as our Lord and Savior, Jesus, right here on the cross, He paid the fine already. It's like when you're standing in court and you can you you know the judge says you know uh, look you you have this stack of you see you have this stack of uh, speeding tickets here. This is very serious. You know, you're going to get some time in jail for this. You know, that that's terrifying, right? And then imagine the judge turns around and he goes, but someone's paid the fine. You're free to go. That is what happened. All you have to do is confess with your mouth the name, the, the, the Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Turn, repent. Turn your back on your sins. Don't go back to those. That's it, that's all it is. Do you have to give up on the the flesh, those lusts of the flesh? Because everything, every sin is basically a lust of the flesh. You're rebelling against God. You have to turn your back on that. And, and just follow what it says. Read your Bible. Spend some time with God. He's a great friend to have. He loves you and he wants you to come home. He is the father in the story of the prodigal son. You are the prodigal son. And I've talked about this in the, in the past where we talked about Barabbas. You and me, we are Barabbas. Here's one thing a lot of people don't think about, and I mentioned this during our, our review when we were talking about Barabbas. Romans only had certain crosses made. When Jesus was put on that cross, that wasn't a cross made for Jesus. That was a cross made for Barabbas. You and me, we are Barabbas. It's like if I was to, personally, if I was to make a movie about this, Everyone in the, 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 when they're saying free Barabbas, they wouldn't be yelling out free Barabbas. They'd be like, I am Barabbas because we are all Barabbas. We are Barabbas. Jesus died for us so that we could be free. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? So I want to thank you all for joining me here. Um, it's, it's, like I said, it's always, uh, 
joy to be able to 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 get to preach the word of the lord with you guys anytime i do it any each and every day i will be recording sunday sermon tonight for sunday because my job right i'm gonna be working easter sunday so i want to thank you all for joining me here i pray the lord continues to bless and keep each and every one of you and be and stay tuned because when we're done you'll get to hear the new closing uh done by uh joe smoking joe bacon as well so thank you may lord continue to bless you and keep you and i'll see you all here Sunday for an all new Sermons in the Park. Thank you and God bless you. You have been listening to Sermons in the Park with Reverend Jamie McCaskill. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, BitChute, and Rumble. And as always, thank you for listening.